0: Episode 9, I'm Gigi and with me for always is Mama Mary. I can't believe we have been doing this for 9 weeks already. I know, it doesn't seem like it. No, it really doesn't. It's been a lot of fun. So thank you all so much for listening. We like really, really appreciate it. And this time we wanted to do something a little different because we are getting busier with the investigation part of it. So this week we are going to kind of hit back on the Urban Legends A little bit. Make it more like a campfire where you can turn this episode on by the fire, whatever, listen to it.
1: Well, you know, get a bonfire, take your kids out there, tell them a story, scare the crap out of them. Don't forget the the
0: s'mores. That's what we're calling this, is (laughs) s'mores stories.
1: So make it fun.
0: Wanted to get into a storytelling mode so you can play the podcast while sitting by the fireside. We hope you enjoy. Before we get started, though, I wanted to do some shout outs to start. That way we don't. Keep going like we do at the end of all of them. <laughs> so first one is Mark Horman of California. Thank you for listening and sending in your ideas. You are awesome and thanks for the support. You remember seeing that one? The California one with the... He that the pictures was cool picture. Was because, it the old hotel or something mm-hmm, there? Well, yeah,
1: because when I zoomed in on it, you can see you can see a figure mm-hmm. in the upper window, second to left. It, was, it yeah. was pretty cool. You could see it clear as day. I just thought it was cool as heck that someone from California was like, hey
0: guys yep. ever come out, I'm like, well, I love California. It's because yeah. are badasses. I know. <laughs> nice I ones, know. though. Yes. Also, a shout-out to our listeners in Canada. We got a lot in Canada. That is so awesome. Our neighbors to the north. That is cool. I know. United Kingdom, New South Wales, Australia, Sweden, Ireland, New Zealand, and Finland. You are all rock stars, and thank you so much for listening. Keep listening. <laughs> 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 That's the key. So... Let's tell some s'more stories you can listen to
1: by the campfire. You want to start? Yeah, do I it? got a okay. good one. Okay. This was always um, one of my favorites when I was a kid. So there's a, a little boy. He's outside playing. And he's walking along a path. And along this path, he finds an arm. So he decides to take the arm. He takes it home to his mom. He gives it to his mom. And they decide to use it into their food to cook it up and eat it. So that night, he's laying in bed. And he hears a rapping on the door. And then he hears, Who has my bloody arm? And then he hears footsteps coming up the stairs, little by little, and then they stop. And he hears a knock. Then he hears, Who has my bloody arm? Then he hears four more footsteps coming up the stairs. Then all of a sudden, they stop at his, um, his door, and he hears a rapping. Who has my bloody arm? You do! Ah, oh, why'd you do that? <laughs> That's a
0: good way to get throat punched, punch, Mama Mary. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a glass of wine, throw that. Yeah? Yes. Oh, that'd be a waste of wine. <laughs> oh yeah. That made me sad. That's a scary story all in itself. Oh, shit. <laughs> so what's <that? laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, she scared me alright. That was fun so is it my turn yeah <laughs> okay the first one i got this one's a little i want to say like it's not real real long but a little longer than the other ones i have the house the devil built i was like why is that moving oh man <laughs> this paranormal stuff's really getting to me <laughs> the story is the house the devil built conjulier mansion america's most haunted house when you think of the most haunted house in america you probably jump right to the sinister looking cologne Colonial in Amityville, my favorite, (laughs) or even the home in St. Louis that inspired The Exorcist. But not every famous haunt has an empire of entertainment media to boost its reputation. Some of it is part of a local oral history and for residents of Pennsylvania's most western city, Pittsburgh. The stories of the Conjurer Mansion make it more than deserving of the title Most Haunted Home in America. It's been given several other names through the years, including the house the devil built. That's scary. According to the legend, the house on 1129 Ridge Avenue was built in the 1860s in the the Manchester neighborhood in Pittsburgh Northside. Charles Congler was the original owner and inhabitant, along with his wife Lydia and their maid Essie. Congelier made a fortune as a direct result of the Civil War and moved his family north to settle in the booming industry town of Pittsburgh. Like many other tragic stories, in the end was infidelity, and a jealous wife. Oh. Dun-dun-dun. Lydia, after discovering her husband and Essie were having an affair in a rage, took several knives from the kitchen and slaughtered her unfaithful husband and his partner. She was found by a neighbor sev- several days later calm- calmly sitting in a chair with the severed head of her maid in her lap. All right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's, what you, that's why you can't cheat. That's what's going to happen. That's like batshit crazy right there. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like to see that in a movie. Now there's another one, believe, that went with that same house. After the Grizzly murders, the house was dormant for quite some time until a railroad company purchased it in 1892, planning to convert it into housing for their staff. After several workers complained of strange noises and unexplained happenings in the house... The railroad abandoned it and put it up for sale where it remained on the market for several years until 1900 when Adolf Brunricher, a German-born doctor, purchased the house. Brunricher was described by the neighbors as a recluse who did not often partake in socializing and spent much much of his time in the house by himself. But on the night of August 12, 1901, neighbors reported the sounds of a woman screaming and strange lights in the home. The police were called and were appalled to find the body of the decapitated woman on woman, and the doctor nowhere to be found. What comes next is straight out of the American horror story as they discovered a laboratory in the basement where several more body parts and, more horrifyingly, a several a severed head that Dr. Brunch, Dr. Brunricher had used in his ghoulish experiments to keep victims of decapitation alive after the fact. Ugh. Ugh. The doctor was never seen again, though almost 30 years later, some believe he emerged from hiding in New York, drunk and claiming to have conducted strange experiments in Pittsburgh. Police do not put much weight on the man's claimed identity and eventually released him from prison, deeming him harmless and never to appear in history again. Oh. I know, right? Thanks to his dark history, which always seemed to grow with each new tenant, the house developed a reputation as a home for four wayward spirits. According to some accounts... Thomas Edison himself was one of the many who visited the house to investigate the notorious paranormal phenomenon. Along with Julia Murray, a psychic medium of the time, they claimed to encounter a malvoyant spirit with the power to harm the living and the ability to travel beyond the confines of the house. That's scary. That's scary. Very true, though. It could happen, definitely. It continued to be dormant of many new inhabitants until it was once again purchased, this time by an... Adequable gas company, again to be converted into apartments for workers, as before the workers inside reported strange noises, disembodied voices, and two workers were discovered dead in the basement of the house. No cause of death or homicide suspect was ever found, and many of the men quickly moved out of the housing. The company continued to maintain a presence in the area, but in November 1927, a massive gas explosion resulted in a spectacular damage to the surrounding area leaving 27 dead and over 500 people injured. The house itself was totally destroyed in the blast, leaving only a crater in the earth where once the house had stood. The site, however, isn't free of its dark past just because the house was gone. Several locals continue to report strange occurrences happening in and around the former location of the house, leading some to suggest the explosion was caused by the devil in an attempt to reclaim the dark and mysterious house It's for himself. Um... The story of the Conjurer mansion has captured the imaginations and the horror of American citizens for over a century. But like Amityville, how much of it is real? We do know a family named Con- Conjurer lived at the exact address on Ridge Avenue. And in 1927, Mary Conjurer was killed during a gas explosion when shattered glass shattered glasses from the house windows severed an artery in her leg. The house was then demolished sometime after her death and a highway was later built over the homestead. As for the evil German doctor, no record of him exists, according to the to historian Troy Taylor, but the legend continues to haunt locals as they share their experiences and stories of the strange mansion. Perhaps it's just just so happens the origins of the legends have some horrifying grounding in fact, but it's something we may never truly know. Pittsburgh is home to a slew of haunted histories, from the Howard halls to the University of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, cathedral of learning to the world famous halloween attraction scare house rumored to be really haunted the conjurer mansion is just one of the many tales of haunting intertwined in the industrial history of america's set steel town and whether you choose to believe the gruesome tale or not some parts are rooted in fat so that begs the question where there's smoke is there fire or is it simply a case of collective imaginations of the people of pittsburgh run wild for local scares and fun we may never know mm-hmm <laughs> Probably a little bit of both. I say, yeah, they gotta come from somewhere. Yeah, everything starts. I like somewhere. the scarier version. Regardless, somebody was killed there. Well, yeah, and there was an explosion. Mm-hmm. So that that's. I like the story. That's a good story. I like it. I like the first story that
1: started that story of the the house with the yeah. woman and having yeah having the head. I well, thought that was because I could see her like I could almost like picture her like, in a white <laughs> dress with like long brown hair. The hair cover and her face holding the head. I'm just feeling so complete that she accomplished something. Yeah. <laughs> she got something done for the day. Exactly. And she was able to get the dishes done and the cleaning.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So your turn. All right. This one is called the uh, Tombstone Terror. And it's about two... Um, paranormal investigators who go to cemeteries. Oh, oh boy. Yay. <laughs> let's, let's read this one. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> we won't be scared the next time we go to one. Yeah.
0: So Alan and Matt,
1: they were ghost hunters and they would visit old cemeteries to see if they could stir up a spirit from an old tombstone. They set up the recorder on a particularly like large and ornate headstone and uh, prepared to, you know, start their investigation. They didn't want to shine their flashlights onto the stone to see the name engraved there because trespassing in the cemetery at night is illegal. They had crawled over the fence at the rear of the cemetery to avoid the caretaker. Matt flipped on a button of the recorder and said aloud, we would like to speak to whoever lies beneath the stone. In response, all they heard was a scratching noise that seemed to come from behind behind the tombstone. So then with a calm voice, Alan said, please tell us your name. And again, the only response was a scratchy noise. So Matt said, we only wish to speak with you. Please show yourself. And suddenly, both young men felt felt the air turn cold, and a tall, dark shadow rose from behind the tombstone. The shadow moved to engulf them. Alan and Matt had many encounters with spirits and were not afraid. Two, late they both realized the apparition meant them harm, and the shadow swept down, engulfing them, and pulled them into the ground beneath the tombstone. The next morning, the caretaker of the cemetery found the recorder on the ground by the tombstone. He turned it on, and after each question, he heard the following response. Yes, I am here. And then the next response, my name is never spoken by the living. And then it said, if I show myself, it'll be the last thing you'll ever see. And then he heard, I got you both. And the caretaker quickly quickly and quietly picked up the recorder knowing he had only ev- the only evidence that someone had been in the cemetery. And by that tombstone, he went to his tool shed and tossed a recorder in a pile with many others. Yikes. Yeah, makes you think
0: twice, don't it? Yeah, I'm still going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the next one I have is The Grave of Lillian Gray. This urban legend has captured the imaginations of the people of the Salt Lake City area for years. Not because the tale is horrifying, but because the mystery seems that much scarier. In a nondescript cemetery in Salt Lake City, Utah, a gravestone marks the burial spot of Lily E. Gray, who died in 1958. Reminds me, if you look this story up, you can see the tombstone. Really? Mm -hmm. Nothing seems out of the ordinary until you read the last line, Victim of the Beast 666 no one has any substantial reasons for why her gravestone is marked that way according to hospital records she died of natural causes that's all they had on that but i thought that was very odd that is odd that's fascinating it's really pretty looking headstone too but then you read it and you're like oh oh my god, yeah <laughs> the donkey lady should be hearing mm-hmm. about her This creepy tale comes out of San Antonio, Texas. The legend of the donkey lady. This doesn't seem scary. The legend of the donkey lady goes that a local woman who suffered from severe burns that left her face horribly disfigured and her fingers fused together to create the look of stumps for her hands. Supposedly, she ostracized herself as a result of her appearance and grew hostile to anyone who approached her. It said she haunts the nearby woods, in particular the bridge over Elm Creek, and is often the cause of motorcycle accidents in the area when unsuspe- unsuspecting cyclists notice her horrifying appearance in their rearview mirror. Wow! Oh. So
1: she's sort of like the modern-day Boo Hag. Yeah, <laughs> Boo Hag. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, one? Yeah, I do. Oh, sweet. Are you ready? Yeah. Go. Okay. So this one is called a grave problem. Two young girls, Maddie and Sue, are best friends who spend a great deal of time together. Maddie was spending the night at Sue's house when they decided to tell ghost stories. Mm. <laughs> Maddie, that's the Maddie, first one. Well, Maddie up. told a story that she had heard from her older brother about how if you stab a knife into a grave, the person buried there will reach out, grab you, and pull you into the grave. Well, Sue, she didn't believe the story, and Maddie agreed that a little far fetched. But she said that she was, but she said that she was afraid to try, even if it was just a story. So Sue claims, "I'm not, not afraid. I'd try it." So Maddie called so. Uh, Sue out on her bluff, and she <laughs> dared her to go to the cemetery down the road and prove that she wasn't afraid. Both girls went to the kitchen downstairs, where they found a flashlight and a knife. Maddie decided to her dare was silly and begged Sue not to go but Sue wanted to prove the story was a hoax and that she wasn't afraid. So off she went into the dark. Maddie sat in the kitchen at the table waiting for her friend. Fifteen minutes passed, then twenty. Then finally, after thirty minutes, Maddie ran to her parents' room, woke them up, and told them what had happened. She cried in her mother's arms as her father grabbed the flashlight and headed towards the cemetery. When he returned, he was pale and shaken. In a solemn voice, he told Maddie and her mother, what he had found. There, on a grave, was Sue, dead, with completely white hair. The police were called, and after listening to Maddie's explanation of, what Sue, of why Sue was in the graveyard, the investigation determined that death was accidental. When she stabbed the knife into the grave, it went through the hem of her nightgown. Thinking she had grabbed the person buried there, she died of fright. There's an interesting story. It's <laughs>
0: Ooh, do you like clowns? Uh,
1: yeah. Are they your favorite? I do like clowns. My daughter Skylar, however, she's a chicken shit when it comes to clowns.
0: (laughs) Oh, then you're going to like this one, Sky. (laughs) Sky is sitting here with us very quietly in the corner, looking at us like we're crazy. Yeah, I'm trying (laughs) to pretend that she doesn't know us, but she's stuck in here. (laughs) (laughs) So this one is the clown statue. This urban legend... Combine some of the scariest stories we all grew up with, the creepy clown and the babysitter and the man upstairs, the story goes that a young babysitter is fulfilling her duties at a local home when she calls the parents and asks if she can switch the rooms she's staying in for the night because the life-sized clown statue is giving her the creeps i want to know why they have a life-size clown statue yeah yeah the father tells her to take the kids and get out of the house immediately oh oh this just got good i just got (laughs) (laughs) chills the father tells her to take the kids and get out of the house immediately before explaining that they don't have or they don't own a clown statue in some variations of the story after the police arrive and apprehended the clown in question they learn he is a homeless man who sneaks into houses and pretends to be a statue to avoid getting caught, surviving off the family's food and shelter. In other, far darker versions of the legend, when the police arrive, they find the babysitter and the children butchered, and the latest victim of an escapade mental patient roaming the area escaped escapade. Come on, Sarah, <laughs> escaped mental patient. I'm I am I'm butchering these stories. <laughs> Ooh, that is creepy. That got
1: good. Yeah, that is kind of creepy. Ooh, we
0: don't have a. Clown. It's like that. Um,
1: what is it that the story of the the liquor where the <laughs> little girl's afraid of uh afraid of you know the closet and so she has her dog that always comes and leaves beside her. But I think we told this one before. Where so she lays her hand down and Oh the, the, and the liquor. Dog, the dog. I'm like, I'm thinking like, like on the liquor. But then she, you know, the, the dog always licks her hand. She knows her are safe. And so so she's in there and her hand's being licked and she goes to sleep until the morning she wakes up and her dog's dead and they realize it was like a serial killer out of the bed. Yeah, yeah, hand.
0: yeah. Ugh, like to lick
1: hands.
0: Gross. That's so gross. Oh, do you want to
1: Yeah, I'd prefer like toes or something. <sighs> I <laughs> hope Sean doesn't that's listen to this one. <laughs> toe
0: liquor. <licker>. No, he <laughs> hates feet.
1: You stupid toe liquor.
0: <laughs> you lit
1: liquor. All that commercial. All right, this one is The Seventh Barn, and this is actually a really cool story. It's um, an urban legend, I think that's set in Ohio, and it's called um, The Seventh Barn, and it's believed to be the site of a murder of an entire family. The legend tells of a wealthy farmer who built a new barn each time his wife had a baby. They were expecting their seventh. However, the farmer's wife and child died during the childbirth. Struck with grief, the farmer then murders the remaining members of his family. (laughs) The barns were torn down and the land was sectioned off and sold except for the seventh barn. And it's said that the seventh barn still stands, is haunted by the farmer's ghost. Because that's where... He murdered his whole family.
0: Wow. So that's huh. interesting. I wonder if it's really still there. I don't know. Hmm. Ohio's got some some creepy sights, really. Yeah. And, and looking into it and whatnot. Next one for me is the Stow Lake Ghost. This takes place in, or it's a San Francisco legend, um, is 100 years old and has been tempting Californians to test their courage at Stowe Lake for generations. The legend of Stow Lake goes that a woman and her child were walking near the lake, and during a moment of distraction, the child disappeared. The mother searched frantically all day for the child until nightfall, when she finally returned to the lake and was never seen again. Now it's said that her apparition can be seen by those who travel to the lake at night, where the woman will ask if you've seen her child there's also another tradition where if one chants, White Lady, White Lady, I have your baby, then she will appear. But when she finds finds out you're lying, she'll pull you into the lake and drown you. Oh. White Lady, White Lady, I have your baby. Why would one ever want to say that? <laughs> Even if you don't believe that, just. That's a scary one. What if one, they said, White
1: Lady, White Lady, I'm your daddy's baby? Or I'm like your baby's daddy. Like something like that. Would she still come out? I don't know. I can't trust God That'd be worth a try Well you go right ahead uh, no. Let
0: me know how it works out for you That's a hard pass
1: That's a hard pass <laughs> <laughs> Okay so this one's called The Ribbon dun, dun, dun. A man marries the woman he loves A beautiful young woman who's always, Who always wears black And then a black velvet ribbon Right around her neck On their wedding night, he asks her why that she never takes it off. And then she says, if I do, you'll be sorry, she says, and goes to sleep. Night after night, he keeps asking, but she always gives him the same reply. He begins to go mad with curiosity. Finally, one night, while she's sleeping, he steals the scissors from her sewing box and cuts through the ribbon. The black ribbon falls away, and her head rolls off her neck and falls to the floor with a big thud. Du, du, du. I like saying that. Du, du, du. Du, <laughs> that was just du, a head to it. <laughs> that dumb shit. He should have just listened to her. She still have her head. The Men mother, don't listen. Now they're probably divorced. <laughs> yeah, or probably. now he just has to carry her head everywhere. Oh, that dipshit.
0: Okay. <laughs> 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 Here we go. I got this one is called Patterson Road. The, Infamous stretch of road in Texas runs between Highway 6 and Eldridge. Like many haunted roads, a bridge is involved. <laughs> That's true. This story comes from the time of the Civil War, and according to believers, if you go to the Langham Creek Bridge located on the road and park with the car lights off, you will hear strange sounds and see the misty apparition of Civil War soldiers marching to war. Ooh.
1: It'll
0: be creepy.
1: Oh, I kind of like
0: that. As long as they weren't going to harm me, I'd be all right.
1: That's right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a little one, but... That's all right. <laughs> Here's a, another little one called the Keyhole. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I could go so many places with I, that right I now, know it. I know but it. I'm just going to read the story. Stay focused. <laughs> Focus. A man is staying in a hotel for the weekend, and on his way to his room, he notices a closed door with no number on it. When he asks about it, he is told that no one's allowed in that room. Curious, just like the man in the other story, they just can't just not be curious. They just get themselves in trouble. Mm-hmm. He stops to peer into the keyhole the next night and sees a, nor- sees a normal hotel room with a very pale woman lying in bed. He goes on his way, but the next night, he's just too curious and looks through the keyhole again. What a peeping Tom. I'm a little creepy <laughs> Jeez. And this time, all he can see is red. Just red. And he goes to ask the woman at the front desk about the room again, and she finally tells him the truth. A woman was murdered in that room years ago, an albino woman with white skin and red eyes. So when he was looking through the keyhole... She was, was looking, looking back. Oh. That's, kind of, <laughs> that's kind of creepy. That'd be a good movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, my next one is, which I've, I've heard of this um, this legend... Portal to Hell, and Bobby Mackey's Music World. Okay. You heard? You heard? Mm, no. I've seen it around. Um, the Music Hall in Kentucky is so haunted that a sign hanging above... We can still go to <laughs> <laughs> The Music Hall in Kentucky is so haunted that a sign hanging above the entrance, entrance acts as a waiver, warning patrons that the establishment is not responsible for any harm that may come to them from ghostly activities. But a terrifying urban legend sits at the heart of this ghostly music hall. Before it was a music hall, the building served as a slaughterhouse in the mid 19th century. Sitting in the hall today are the remnants of this literal bloody history in the form of a sealed up well in the basement. It's even claimed to be still stained with blood. The legend goes on to say that the well was a gathering place for Satanists who used it in the ritual execution of a pregnant woman who was beheaded. And her head placed in the well as a sacrifice to the dark entities. The cultists. Occultists. Occultist. <laughs> See, yeah, I read that word all the time, but when I go to say it out loud, my tongue doesn't go with my brain. That's my excuse for every time. <laughs> <laughs> there is some truth to the legend here. In 1896, 22 year old Pearl Bryan's body was found decapitated on the property. Pregnant at the time of her death, her boyfriend Scott Jackson and his friend Alonzo Walling had attempted to conduct an abortion of their own. After Pearl died, they removed her head with the hopes of throwing the police off the scent, but both men were caught and later executed for their crime. Today, visitors to the music club say they say the sealed well is a portal to hell. Some even claim to hear the sound of a deep growling coming from the depths of the well. I want to go there.
1: Ah, that's kind of creepy, too. Yeah, it makes me think of that movie, The, the Ring, where like yeah. that creepy little girl climbs out of the well. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> That's kinda of scary. Yes.
0: Stuff. I know I, I've heard more about that like growing up or whatever, that this particular story, but I I would like to visit it. Not mm-hmm. ever by myself, but No. Maybe we take our equipment. Mm-hmm. I'm too chicken. Yeah.
1: By myself. I'm too chicken to go pee by myself. I think I I'm not chicken until night. I go to do something. And like, <laughs> until you get know, Yeah, and I'm like,
0: oh, no. And go, 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 and I can't move because you're on my foot. And, yeah, it, it was a fun time. I don't know how none of us got hurt, but. <laughs> all
1: right. It was a cough, Yeah. Oh. All right, so on, a, on one dark night, a young man is walking home in a dark and deserted street. As he passes the gates of the small cemetery, he felt like he was being followed. Suddenly, he heard a bump behind him and afraid to look back, he increased his pace. Bump, bump, bump. The bump behind him continued, getting closer and louder. Finally, unable to ignore the bump any longer, he turned around, terror-stricken, and saw a coffin standing on end, bumping down the road. Bump, 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 bump. He started running for his life, but the coffin only kept on coming, increasing its pace to match his bump, bump, bump. As the man became tired from running, the coffin began to get closer. The man grabbed a large metal trash can, and as he ran by, he threw it at the coffin. Unfazed, the coffin kept coming, getting closer and closer, and he finally arrived at home. As he ran into his yard, he noticed the axe resting against the side of the house next to the woodpile. He grabbed it up and hurled it at the coffin but it just simply bounced off. The coffin followed the man up to the porch and crashed down the front door. The man, the man had closed and locked. I'm sorry. I can't can't read this without laughing because it's just, it sounds so silly. Okay, focus. All right. So the coffin followed the man up into the porch and crashed down the front door. The man had closed and locked behind him. He ran upstairs and grabbed his shotgun from where it hung on the wall firing at the coffin as it came through the doorway. Still, the now partially shattered, though now the coffin's partially shattered, it still continues towards him. In desperation, the man ran into the bathroom, closed the door, and backed up as far as he could. He knew the coffin would simply break down the door. However, the man did not intend to give up. Grabbing a bottle of cough syrup, he hurled it at the the coffin. The bottle shattered, covering the coffin with cough syrup. And the coffin stopped coughing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's the greatest story ever. I don't even. That's great. <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> so you know, you have to have a little joy was, in there. Was, yeah. <laughs> Damn coffin.
0: At least there wasn't no decapitating heads in that one. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> was that a funny one? I think it was. What? Yes. Well, I guess I just heard it. I guess I can say. <laughs> was it funny? Okay, the next one for me is The Green Man. This is fun. Out in Beaver County, Pennsylvania, there is an urban legend with more truth to it than most. Raymond Raymond Robinson was the victim of a childhood electrical accident that left him so horribly disfigured he never went out in daylight out Never went out in daylight out of fear that he might cause a panic among the community. He took to the taking walks at night and became a figure of legend for locals who would drive around at night looking for the green man walking around at night. Though the myths built up a much scarier version of him, he was actually a real person and a member of the community, if a little bit secretive. Huh. I thought that was going to be better. (laughs) It's still
1: interesting, though. It is,
0: because he was real, the poor guy. Like, like if he knew that's what people... And he was just trying to protect them mm-hmm. by staying in. Because he was... Aw. Hmm. What? Was he green? That's all they gave me? I don't know why they call him the green man. Am I don't like that one. What
1: about the goat man one? Oh, that's my last one. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, this one is called A Final Performance. Oh, Okay. So Callie was extremely tired and stopped at an old house with a sign declaring the Oaks and Bed and Breakfast. The room was very comfortable and she fell asleep as soon as she laid her head on the bed. Callie woke up at the wee hours of the morning to the sound of a pianist playing Beethoven's moonlight sonata. Callie was a pianist herself, so traveling to the next town for she was traveling to the next town for a concert, and she was very impressed with the skill of whoever was playing. She glanced at the clock and wondered who and why someone would be playing the piano at 3 o'clock in the morning. She simply could not go back to sleep while the music was playing, so she finally decided that she must ask whoever was playing the music to stop so she could get some sleep. As she entered the dining room, on the first floor of the inn, she saw a man seated at a piano in the corner. He was extremely handsome and dressed in a tuxedo. Oh, don't go in there. Only if
0: Thor was in there.
1: Well, I (laughs) would go in there. Yeah, okay. So with his thin mustache and slick black hair, he looked like someone from the roaring 20s. The man looked at her and said, Well, Callie, here you are. I've been waiting for you for a long time. And Callie was surprised that he knew her name, but felt enchanted by the tone of voice. When she made no reply, for she was quite speechless, he spoke again. Come sit with me, Callie. Unable to resist his command, Callie moved to the piano and sat next to the man. Now, Callie, play with me. Callie felt a chill. In the air, and she shivered. Unable to resist the man's command, she placed her fingers on the piano, and they began to play the sonata together. And as they played, they both faded out of sight as the music became softer and softer. At the last moment, before completely disappearing, Callie realized that she had just played her last performance. You're not allowed mm. to tell stories no more. Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if Thor's in there, I know it would have probably had a very different ending. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. I'm just saying. I need to stop daydreaming now. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So many things I want to say to that, but I'll get myself in
1: trouble. Anyway, so now on to the Goatman. Now well, if it was Channing Tatum, <sighs> he would have been in there stripping. I love him. I love mm-hmm. him. I cannot watch those movies. I blush every time. <laughs> I can't. I'm like one of those people that watch it, like, with their... Yeah. Looking through, like... Uh, A little uh, bit of your fingers. I'm not watching it, but I, I am. I, but I, can, I have to. But I want to. You have to watch that. So naughty.
0: Mm-mm. Okay, the goat man. <laughs> uh, possibly one of the strangest and most well-known urban legends out there is the goat man, who is said to roam the back roads in Beltsville, Maryland. According to legend, the eight-foot-tall creature is said to be half-animal, half-man, and wields an axe. Oh. I know. It was first spotted in 1957 by a couple who spotted the beast in their driveway. Then, sometime in the 1960s, the goat man appeared again when it attacked a young couple who were parked off Fletchertown Road. The story goes that after hearing strange noises from the outside of the car, the boyfriend headed out into the woods to investigate. Well, see right there, you just, you just don't get out. Mm -hmm. You just don't. They needed cell phones back then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, guess what happened next? He never returned. Oh, that's crazy. The next day, police found his severed head hanging in a tree above where the car was parked. <laughs> but his body was never found. In the 1970s, the goat Man came to public awareness again after it was claimed the creature had attacked a dog. Its head was found not far from its home, but in a similar fashion to the previous attack. Its body was never found. Theories range of what the creature could be, but the most popular seems to be that he was a former scientist of Belt- Beltsville, took an experiment too far and mutated into a creature known as Goatman. Whatever the case may be, the legend of the Goatman continues to enthrall the people of Maryland who claim it still roams the wilderness to this day, frightening local teenagers who park their cars too close to its hunting grounds. But it's just a serial killer. I'm just saying. But why, okay, let's say did somebody see it close enough to say it looks like a goat? Yeah. Why's it got to be a goat man? Why can't it be like a horse man or a bird man? What about a sheep man? Oh, sheep man. man.
1: Oh, sheep. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. All oh, right. Lover's Lane. Yep. So this is for all those people that want to go, you know. Parking in the spot. Go, go back and <laughs> to Lover's Lane. Because this story is all about do not visit Lover's Lane. A young couple went to the movies and stopped at the local lover's lane for some kissing. Okay, we all know that guy is not there for just kissing. Let's be real. They're Put it necking. out there. Back then, it's necking. Well, <laughs> you wants some kind of necking, but I don't think it's that. <laughs> he wants to see something necking. Oh, necking. <laughs> oh, boy. So, just as he reaches his arms around his girlfriend, a new bulletin warns of an escaped murderer who, just, who has just a hook for the right hand. And he has just escaped from the mental facility for the criminally insane. Huh. So the boy, he thinks it's going to be funny to tease his girlfriend to scare and He begins to tell her that he's sure that they're in a place that the escapee might choose to hide. So he goes on and on, terrifying his girlfriend, hoping that she'd throw her arms around him for comfort. Uh huh. However, his plan backfires. His girlfriend insists that they leave right away. Reluctant, reluctantly, the boy drives his girlfriend home, and when she gets out, she begins yelling, and she faints. And the young man jumps out and runs around the car, and there, on her door handle, is a bloody hook. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. That's been done in movies. I know. See, I'd like to twist that. Like, so, like, right where it says, you know, it didn't work, the plan didn't work out. The way he wanted. All of a sudden she pulls out a shotgun and kicks open the door and like just kills the killer. Just kills and the then, killer. <laughs> and then grabs him and just and gives him a killer. big kiss. And then throws him back in the car and says, take me home. You know, next time we do this, <laughs> if there's going to be a next time.
0: <laughs> we can do our own versions of these stories. Yeah. And make it fun. That would be right. fun to do. Mm-hmm. I'd like yeah. to do like, um, like ghost towns too ghost towns Mm -hmm. like talk about them yeah yeah i guess talk about them because this is kind of what we do on the podcast anyway (laughs) i do want to visit some ghost towns heck yeah um okay was that your last one or did you have more no that's i'm good okay yeah that's gonna be a shorter episode than normal sorry about that guys like i said we're trying to get our paranormal investigation stuff up and going so we can add that in and Oh, God, it's going to be so much fun. Oh, yeah. But I do have hometown horrors. <laughs> I do not mean to call it hometown heroes every time that I do say it. And I never realize it until I go back to listen before we post it. And then I like, realize oh, it, but I just laugh. crap. Yeah, she never tells me. What kind of partner is this? She just laughs at me, points and laughs. <laughs> so, hometown horrors. <laughs> First one we got is from Christy Anna. Um, this is... She says this is actually from last Monday around eight thirty at a cemetery close to Okemos, Michigan. We were getting ready to leave, and I just felt drawn to this particular area slash headstone. I took some pictures, and upon reading the headstone, and my heart felt heavy. A little one was buried here, four years old. Before leaving, a kissed. What? What? Before leaving, I kissed my fingertips and placed my fingertips on the stone. When I got home, I saw the pictures pictures I was amazed it seems to me the little one was there pictures attached which we'll post that after we post this that way you guys can see what we're talking about we my sister and I decided to relax up against the tree observe the silence and take in the serenity within about a minute there was a spigot about six feet from us that started trickling water and a pungent smell came across us I was much more calm than my sister though we both felt very unwanted at that moment so I explained that we meant no harm and we appreciated them allowing us to be there. The pungent smell went away from me, from me, but stayed with my sister. Shortly after is when I felt drawn to the stone in this picture. As we were leaving, she could still smell the pungent rotting smell, but I couldn't. However, we both felt a heaviness in our chest. It went away within about 30 seconds of leaving the cemetery. It went away about 30 seconds of leaving the cemetery. I was able to do some research on the little one. I found his parents' Facebook pages, and he he would be 18 to 19 years old. He's very dearly missed. This was my first time doing this since I was about 18 years old. My mom always told me that she thought I had abilities that I've ignored, but not sure if she's right. But I'm thankful for taking the leap and having this
1: experience." And the pictures with it is great. Yes. If you guys want to see the picture, go to our page and check it out. Because it's on there. It is on there. You are correct.
0: Yes, that is a good one. This one, finally, we finally got Spencer's story. Oh. This poor guy. Good. Yes. Well, if he's, he's persistent, if nothing else. He is. He's such a great listener. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, Spencer LaValle. I have a story my mother told me that happened to her when she was younger. My mother always seen a lady in white. All throughout her life, but only during times she was sick. The lady in white was clothed in all white, pale face, and dark, almost black eyes. One night in particular, my mother was in the hospital for pneumonia, and she was laying in the hospital bed and thought she had fell asleep when she saw the white lady. The ghost or spirit she saw told her to come with me in a raspy, almost sickening voice. When my mother woke up, she was in the middle of a busy expressway, my aunt thankfully rescued my mom from getting hit by a car. My mother recalled the same spirit on numerous times throughout her life, always during sickness or pregnancy. My sister has also encountered her and did once when I was a child.
1: Just thinking about the
0: white lady sends chills down my spine.
1: I like. I would like to research that to yeah. see if there's other stories like that to see what it could be. Right. He also yeah. put,
0: we don't know what... She is, or why she exists, but whenever she is seen, she brings nothing but negativity to us—sickness, death in the family. The list goes on. A white lady. Yeah, we should research that.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating. A lot of
0: stories you hear. It's a lady in white. I'll say, not like all of them,
1: but there's a big majority. Well, I have a story. This is like the opposite spectrum. Um, the house we used to live in in Vermontville—it was on a sharp curve, mm-hmm. and there's always accidents. There. Oh yeah, they go around it too fast. It's just a given, and I remember. I was maybe like 10, maybe 11, and it was a surf Festival weekend, and there there was a motorcycle accident, and it was a father and a son, and had thrown the boy over the guardrail, oh and so I remember taking care of them I was, you know, a kid, and I was really taking care of him. I was just laying, you know, sitting next to him or bringing him towels, whatever the paramedics asked for, but I remember this is what one of the things that really started a fascination for me. I remember the mom and, uh, the boy probably like two weeks afterwards coming and thanking us for taking care of the boy. And, uh, and she's like, he goes, well, he goes, She's I want to know who, you know, the woman in white was that was taking care of him. He said that, you know, she was a pretty woman. We were like, there was no woman there. And so I almost feel like it was sort of like, a like a guardian angel. Yeah, who came to him? They only he could see that was comforting him. Right, because he was he was very specific about what he's seen. Right, being able and to describe it was, her. It was just me. Uh, right, I, you could. There was no way you could. You know, at the age of eleven, confuse me with a lady A, a woman that's like a you know mother figure, right. all in white.
0: So uh, that that piques
1: my interest. I know that's the opposite yes. spectrum, but I'm. Right. Well, share that's that I'm that that saying. Because, it's not
0: always bad stories that yeah. are related to the woman in white, but you also get those good mm-hmm. ones. See that's why I like to go back to the you know the good ones, but we will <laughs> be getting off here. <laughs> Sorry, this wasn't our normal um, episode. Hour, hour and a half. Well, oh, we didn't ramble. Hour and a half.
1: We, no, that, we really I think didn't, that's, we didn't.
0: We didn't. We are now. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't take the time to ramble. <laughs> yeah, we like to do that. Yeah. But we do have some awesome things coming, so please stick with it. And remember, don't yuck someone else's yum ever. <laughs> That's our thing, Skylar. Just so yes, know. Skylar. Don't forget to look us up on Facebook, Paranormal XL. Like the page, get in the group. Mm-hmm. We post a lot of things on there, pictures and whatnot that go back to our some of our episodes. And email us your stories or just email us to say hello, Paranormal at writeme.com.
1: I <laughs> you.